Welcome back to the podcast and a big welcome to any new listeners joining us today. For today's episode, I'd like to welcome to the podcast someone who I have great admiration for as he's overcome many challenges in his life, including living with trigeminal neuralgia shocks, sleep apnea and living in chronic pain. He also has his own group, Limb Wellness and Mental Fitness, which helps a lot of other people. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Tony. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Appreciate the offer and hopefully whatever we can speak about might help somebody overcome some of their issues. Yeah, definitely, mate. It's great to have you on. Um, so how, how are you dealing with the current COVID-19 like lockdown situation, mate? I'm okay, to be honest. I've never really, whilst I've had some mental health issues, I think they've been mainly around um, depression after losing my parents died quite young and I had a, a young brother that died and yeah. um, so I had, a, I had a, a lot of um, depression maybe from that but I don't really suffer with anxiety um, so I, I'm okay yeah I've been getting out and about doing the shopping because we're shielding my 86-year-old father-in-law who lives just behind where I live in a in a, ca- a log cabin. So, okay. um, so we're tr- trying to keep him safe and yeah. So that's keep, keeping your mind focused. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, uh, you do know a little bit about me. Uh, I live a very mindful lifestyle, so focus is a big plays a big part of my day because because of some of the chronic uh, pain challenges that I have to deal with, so. Yeah, yeah that, that's why I wanted to, to, to come on a podcast to share your um, like experiences and how you how you deal with them. So I was going to ask you, like, when did you first start to suffer with the neuralgia shocks and like how, how did you deal with it when you first found, like when it first happened sort of thing? Well, the neuralgia shocks came on me about um, just over four years ago, and it started off like many people's trigeminal neuralgia. Um, it, it manifests itself as toothache, so you think you've got the worst toothache in the world. It's like having an, if you've ever had an open cavity in your tooth and you've, you've mm. touched it, and you can, so you can imagine how painful it is. So I was struggling with that and I went to my dentist and she took an x-ray and she couldn't find anything wrong with that region of my face and I just kept saying take all my teeth out honestly the pain was just ridiculous Um, and she said I think you might be better going to your doctor and I went to my doctor the next day explained the symptoms said I'd been to my dentist with toothache and he said, well, what's the symptoms? And I said, well, it's basically just like, and about three days earlier, crazily enough, I'd had an electric shock. I touched a wire by mistake and the pain was exactly the same. So I was able to relay that to the doctor and I said, it's just like having an electric shock go off in my face. Wow. And he said, I think you might have a condition called trigeminal neuralgia. At that point, it was, you know, uh, what's that? Um, yeah. So, what is it, Tony? Just to explain to the listeners what it is. It's quite a rare brain condition where you have a blood vessel in the back of your brain, 
that touches on your trigeminal nerve. So your trigeminal nerve goes down into your, into your jaw region, into your teeth. It goes behind your nose and it goes behind your eye. Hence the reason it's called tri, trigeminal. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, fortunately, I've been having a lot of treatment for a chronic uh, back problem that I have. Um, so I was under the care of Bolton Hospital, you know, the neuro centre. Yeah. Um, I'd already had various interventions on my spine because I, I suffer with uh, constant sciatica in, in both my legs. Um, and it was really ironic looking back because the surgeon that had done some of the things on my back was the guy that was... I was seeing about the trigeminal neuralgia. So I went for a brain scan and they could see that there was um, a blood vessel touching on the nerve. Yeah. And there's different options available to you. You can, you can have a balloon put in your cheek, which stops the, wow. um, stops the nerve. Right. You can take medication. So I had been taking the medication for maybe two, three weeks. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't that wasn't helping the pain at all. So there's a there's a medication called carbamazepine, um, which is really strong. And burdening mind, I was on an awful lot of opiate drugs for the back problem already. Yeah. So I was taking approximately forty tablets a day. I was at the time I think I was on um, a drug called pregabalin and oxycontin. I was on an antidepressant called venlafaxine. So I was on an awful lot of medication and as well as this extra medication for the nerve damage in the in my face. And he gave me some options and he, and I, I went for the the best possible option in my in what I thought was the best, which was the brain surgery. And yeah. obviously the brain surgery brings its own complications. Um, so I got booked in and I didn't wait that long. And what they do is they put a piece of Teflon in between the blood vessel and the nerve to stop you getting the shocks. And if it, because when, when you get this trigeminal neuralgia, there's no cure for it. You've got it for life. There's a, I think it's one in 200,000 people get it. So it is so Yeah, you can look at it. I, I look at it now as though I'm quite special. You know, I'm a person that deals with, with the pain. It's, it's also, it's, it's commonly known as suicide disease. Yeah. I did see you mention that on your videos or a description about it. Well, it's called suicide disease because if you Google it, half of the people who usually get it kill themselves within two years because of the pain. Wow. It's that intense, the pain. I, um, it's not very, it's not spoken about much, is it? Like, I, I didn't know about it until I, I met you sort of thing. No, not, not a lot of people have it. And then the people that do have it, um, you know, they just, they suffer in silence really. And, but it's so, it can be so debilitating. Anyway, I had the brain surgery and the next morning, or when I came round from the surgery, um, I still had all the shocks. 
so it was clear that it hadn't worked. If it do, if the surgery is successful, you can usually get seven to ten years of pain relief from that surgery. Um, but it wasn't successful, and once it's not successful, you can't really have that surgery again because if, if they do the surgery again, uh, it's there's a real likelihood is that they, you would die. Yeah. So. It's a big yeah. risk sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, they they were they were difficult times in my life. You know, I was yeah. on I wasn't thinking straight. I was on an awful lot of drugs for the back problem. I couldn't walk properly. Um, I was walking around with a walking frame, you know, like a Zimmer frame. Um, I had severe sleep apnea, whereby I was I'd lost my driving license twice in four years um well twice in four years but one time for two for two years and uh so it, it was not a really good period in my life yeah so you at this this time that you're talking about you've got a lot of things going on haven't you like your your sleep apnea the um the shocks um all the medication you're on you can't drive you're probably suffering from depression and stuff so how did you get through that do you know thinking back i don't know how we got through it apart from the fact that my family were very very supportive and understanding um yeah. i've been married for just over 40 years and if my wife was to ask me to help her through everything that i went through i don't know whether i could yeah. I don't know if I could have that kind of patience because um, it was it was difficult most of the time, see, because of the amount of drugs that I was on, I was just asleep. I was just zombified. The the days were turning into nights and the nights were turning into days. You didn't know the difference between day and night. I could I could literally honestly the the amount of times that I was that medicated I went to my front gate one night to close the front gate and my wife came out half an hour later and I had fallen flat on my face from standing up position. Oh and I knocked, I knocked, so I knocked my tooth out, I knocked myself out. And that was because of the carbamazepine that I was on with all the other drugs because I used to just keep falling asleep. So I could be eating my tea and I would fall forward and smash my face into the floor. Sounds painful, mate. I've had so many trips to Warrington Hospital where I put my glasses into my face. Uh, you know, just by smashing my face into the floor from the medication. So that sounds a really, really bad time to have sort of been through, mate. Um, so, big credit to your wife for obviously looking after you and making sure you got through it, though. Oh, she, she's been an absolute superstar, she has, yeah. yeah. But it's obviously, it's, it's taken an effect on her mental health now, so. Well, I was going to ask you, that, um, how has it impacted on other areas of your life and other people as well? Um, well, again, thankfully, um, a lot of my family was very supportive, so... That, that's that's been good, but it, it's certainly taken its toll on my wife's mental health. Um, but 
yeah, it was it was just honestly, my I've got three sons and I've got seven grandchildren and my daughter-in-laws and, and my sisters. Because I lost my parents quite young, my dad died at 48 and my mother-in-law died the same year. Then my mum died five years later, all with cancer. Um, it was, you know, so so we've got a real good relationship as a family. I'm the oldest of three. And they, they've been very supportive and helped me through it all. Never once did any of them say, pull yourself together, sort your life out. Yeah. Um, Which is and what and that's, what, that's what you want to hear, yeah. Yeah. When you... Connect, connecting and looking after each other. Um, so yeah. how did you come to doing all the, the mindfulness and like come away from the prescription drugs and use the mindfulness to sort of help you like, like the lifestyle you're living now? Well, it's funny actually, because I've, I've been taught the mindfulness in 2010. So even though I was on all the drugs and I knew what, might help me in insofar as the mindfulness. I I think the drugs were putting me in. They were, very often people say when they're on a lot of prescription drugs like that, they, they suffer from a lot of brain fog, and they and they have difficulty, you know, um, thinking straight. And looking back now, because of where I am with my life. I think that was the case. I, I was trying my hardest to live a mindful night life, um, but it just wasn't working to the same degree that it does now. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, you, your mind wasn't clear sort of thing, but now you, you feel like it is. Oh, now my life, I just it doesn't bear any resemblance to what it was then you know um, I, I used to probably focus on the things that I couldn't do um, I was angry I was bitter I was frustrated with everything and that's not a good place to be in um, and and that doesn't help anything it doesn't help you your physical or your mental um, condition. Yeah, that that's it, me. It's um, what what you sort of you're in power of your own mind, aren't you? You can you can be in control of it, like as you've shown. So yeah, I, I decided it's almost two years um, to the day that we'd been on, we'd been away. Um, yeah to the south of France. I had a caravan in the south of France and because I, I used to be in the prison service and after I got I got medically retired basically because I couldn't walk with the spinal problem and we spent a lot of time in France and I was in France and I was looking at getting my so we, we had a we had a, a lovely home um, nice big house but I couldn't get up and down the stairs so we moved house to a one bedroom uh, bungalow um, because I, I literally just couldn't walk around. But then the bungalow needed some work doing on it, and I'm a joiner by trade. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, something's got to give here. I'd, I'd been told by Walton Hospital that they couldn't do anything for me anymore as far yeah. as all the pain. 
and at that point i don't remember there being a you know a, a light bulb going off and flashing and saying you need to sort your life out but i just did i came home from holiday and i said right i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that i'm gonna start researching the brain and it took me 11 months to get off all the medication i, I had a good relationship with my doctor and i said i'm going to gradually start decreasing these and see how I feel so if I feel a bit unwell I'll, I'll increase that one and then I'll decrease this one um, and it, it, you know that, that helps having a good relationship with my doctor as well. So it is, it's, um, it's important to say that it's, it's always small little steps in it it's not you can't just make a one drastic change sometimes you've got to just take small steps and as you've said it, two years later now you're, you're where you're at where you're at yeah because you, you're dead right and um it's it's you know we, we we use that term terminology now marginal gains don't we you know so if if somebody said to me if, if as i sat down with the doctor and i said right i want to start coming off some of this medication and he'd have said to me it's going to take you 11 months i would have just been overwhelmed by it but I suppose at the, at the time, without me realising, the what was in my favour was the fact that I had been doing mindfulness, and I could break I could break everything down and just get through the moments. So my wife said, "Oh, you know, how are you going to do this?" I said, "I don't know. I'm just going to do it." And I started the very first book that I ever listened to about uh, the brain was "The Brain" by David Eagleman, yeah. and it was really good. And I. I got to the point, now this might sound a bit crazy, but it, it wouldn't. I could listen to three books a day on on double speed because I was, I, it was May, I was outside, the weather was nice, I was getting all the vitamin D from the sunshine. So uh, whilst I was struggling a little bit, coming off the medications, I, I had enough coping strategies and... Um, and the mindfulness helps and just listening to the podcasts or you know the books that I was so if I, if I listen to a book and I really like the book and they mentioned three other people in the book I would then write them down and think right they're next on my list uh, signed up for YouTube premium where you can download things onto your phone and honestly I just absolutely smashed it I I understand that, mate. To be honest, was um, last last summer I did the same with podcast. I just started listening to him when I was at work, and it just really helped me my mindset to change. So I, I can relate to it on that point. Um, I did see him one of your videos on YouTube. He said you listened to uh, Tom Billiard, the American. Honestly, Which I, I absolutely loved Tom Billiard. Yeah. The uh, is it called Health Impacts? Yeah, impact um, theory as well. Yeah, impact, impact theory. I could not get enough of the people that he used to get on his show because a lot of the people on his show had a lot of adversity in their lives. Yeah, and and that is how I started to change my mindset. So instead of feeling sorry for myself, I thought to myself, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to surround myself with that many people who have had that many problems in their lives that my problems will seem totally insignificant 
So that's what I did. I read Gandhi's story. I read all about um, Martin Luther King, all the greats of the past yeah. who had had a lot of problems. I read, well, I didn't read them because I listened to them, but I listened to all their autobiographies. And honestly, I started researching um, the slavery in America, you know, how, how people used to be tortured and different things. And I thought, your life is not that bad. Yeah. And, uh, and that helped me. Although, you know, you have been through a lot though, mate, but you've turned it into that sort of positive, haven't you? It's, you know, I've still got some stuff going for me and, you know, I've got a lot to live for. I, th I think that is it. It's, and I, I love the saying, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yeah. So I, I could, uh, when my trigeminal neuralgia was really bad, I could get three, four hundred shocks a day. I couldn't, I never cleaned my teeth for over two years. I used to wake up in the morning and have all broken teeth in my, broken pieces of teeth in my mouth because I was constantly grinding my teeth in my sleep oh. because of the pain. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just, so I, th I sat down and I thought, right, so you, you're telling yourself you can't cope, you're in pain. Are you really? So I broke it down. There's 86,400 seconds in a day. Nice. I'm asleep for so many of those. So you take them out. And then I worked out, let's say, an average of 200 electric shocks a day in my face. And they were lasting between three and four seconds. And then I worked all that out. And, and the maths came back and I wasn't in pain all day. Uh, yeah, so, I that to look at it. And then I thought to myself, right, here we go. Things are suddenly looking up. Yeah, that's right. That's great. Uh, it's a great way of looking at it, mate. Um, so just talk us through your day now, because I know that you know you've told me in the past about your fasting and stuff. So what what's your day look like, like on an average normal day sort of thing? So a normal day, I will usually be up around before six. Yeah. I I don't because of all the issues I had with my sleep, I won't get out of bed unless I've had seven hours sleep per night. Because sleep is the one thing, in my opinion, that helps you the most. Yeah. When I say my, when I say my days and my nights used to all be into one, I was lucky if I got 20, I was lucky if I got 24 hours sleep a week when I was on all the drugs, when I was feeling sorry for myself. And now, so the sleep apnea cleared up. Don't know how it cleared up. It just did. I used to have to go to bed with a what they call a CPAP machine. So I used to have oxygen pumped in, into my into my face to keep me breathing. I was breathing 12 seconds every minute. So for 48 seconds every minute, I wasn't breathing. Wow. Um, and the when I went and had my sleep study done, so the um, the consultant at the hospital said to me, "How did you get here?" And I said, "I drove." She said, well, you won't be driving home. We're taking your driving license off you now. And that was when my sleep apnea was really bad. I fell asleep for a nanosecond in the fast lane on the M6. I was falling asleep at traffic lights because 
I was just so fatigued because yeah. my sleep was so fractured. So when I did start to, when I did get myself off all the drugs, when I started to get myself fitter, because by watching what I was eating, um, throwing myself into getting well, getting fit and every aspect of it, I lost over four stone. Wow, that's amazing. I suddenly, and I didn't, again, I didn't intend to lose four stone, but because I couldn't eat, it was so painful to eat, I used to have to drink through a straw, so I would have to make, um, I used to make antioxidant smoothies with 30 different ingredients and have to drink them through the straw on the opposite side of my mouth to where I used to get all the face pain, just to get some goodness inside of me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've done, I did lots of different things to sort of get myself well, but sleep is an important part of my day. So I'm up at six every morning. I don't, it's not easy. I don't jump out of bed and, you know, I'm not Superman. I put my feet on the floor. I wake up with back pain. Uh, but the first thing I'll put on my, is a smile. I put a smile on my face and think to myself, this is it. You know, you've had your, you've had your seven hours sleep. It all starts now. Whatever happened yesterday happened. This is it. Usually one of my dogs follows me. We go, I make, I used to make a drink of coffee, but again, I sort of practice not getting attached to anything. So I thought to myself, right, that, that coffee is an attachment. So now I wake up, I put my head under the cold water tap in the kitchen to stimulate my vagus nerve, which wakes me up. I do it for about 20 seconds. I make myself uh, a cup. Uh, about just short of a pint of um, tepid water because if I drink the water's too cold it sets the shocks up in my face yeah. and then yeah it's just from from that moment on then I'm ready to do whatever I've got to do I'm obviously involved with the the group that I run now to help people and, what, and that what, helps what is that group Tony again you tell us a little bit about it for the listeners so the group yeah the, I'll happily do that. The group is called Limb Wellness and Mental Fitness, and I set it up last September after going to a men's mental health group called Offload at Warrington Rugby Club. I really loved, I really loved the Offload, and I'm still involved with Offload. I like everything that they do. Really, yeah. I didn't so much like the fact that it was just geared for men, so. I used to talk to my daughter-in-law and her friend about maybe setting a group up and one of them said, well, we could do it something like that up in Lynn Village. And I said, right, because I'm big on energy. And I said, I'll match your energy. You, you get us a room and I'll do the rest. And uh, yeah, the, the rest is history. You know, we've been going since September and even through the COVID experience, we've seen to have grown and yeah. flourished. That's that. Yeah. I've been onto a few of your meetings and done a few things with yourself. So I've seen how, how powerful it is and uh, can help people. Well, it's like our group, it was slightly different, which is why we call the wellness and mental fitness. So we used to get um, lots of specialists in to 
So we've had nutritionalists, we've had uh, aromatherapists, we've had acupuncturists, you name it, we have had it. And I've managed to ask people, will they come and speak to the group? And they've all done it for free. And because, yeah. as you know, I live now a life of gratitude and loving kindness. And so it's, it's really helped us that people have been so kind to us. And then we, we can offer different ways to help people out of whatever struggles that they're going through um but yeah it's life is all about the energy and what you put into it and you know what you can achieve so definitely i do i do i do like to say that now that every opportunity every situation creates an opportunity for growth yeah Um, i couldn't agree more mate yeah where where can we find you on the for the limb? Uh, so you, you can find us on Facebook at Limb Wellness and Mental Fitness. We have a page. Um, we have a Twitter account. We have an Instagram account. We've got a website now, uh, which is again Limb Limb Wellness. Yeah. UK, and. Trying to think, what other platform? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. I do have a little bit on LinkedIn. Um, and, and because of the mindfulness, I started to, because I've been doing it for 10 years, um, I did um, a mindfulness teaching course with Russell Treasure. I don't know if yeah. you've heard of Russell. He's yeah, really, been on the offload really, with him. Yeah, he's a real nice guy and he, um, he offered me an opportunity to go and do a course with him whereby I could learn how to teach it, you know, yeah. and some techniques to teach it. And so now I, I do that for the group as well. But yeah, yeah it's that's brilliant, Tony. Um so what what advice would you give to anyone that's currently struggling with the, the mental health through this lockdown period or just, just any like in general anyway? Well, the best advice at the moment that I can probably give to anybody is the advice that we give to lots of people at the mental fitness groups, which is the five ways to well-being. So, you know, you you practice any one of those during the day, and you will start to feel better. Definitely. And the other thing that I would really like to say is, and a lot of people don't realise that they're doing this. They live quite a selfish lifestyle because when you're in pain, whether it be mental or physical, it's all about you. And you don't realise that the impact that you're having on people around you. So if you can start to live a less a less selfish lifestyle and a more selfless one, everything does change. And I think this COVID um, is teaching us to be more generous and kind and think about others isn't it so it's a you know it's a very it's a bad thing what we're living in at the moment but you can also take that sort of positive out of this experience can't you you can yeah and and that's that's the good that's come out of it you know there's there's obviously there's a lot of tra- tragedy with it as well you know people are dying who yeah maybe wouldn't have died and and that, and that is really sad and very sad, mate. But, um, you know, it, there's another famous saying, this too shall pass. And at some point, 
in the future, whenever it is, things will get better. But I think also what you need to focus on is you need to focus on the now. You know, don't worry about what happened yesterday, how many deaths there was, how many deaths is going to be in the future, because that, that's inevitable. You know, uh, what you, the only things that you can really control are the things that are within your power and what you have that power over, which is keeping yourself well, keeping yourself fit, keeping yourself healthy. Practice the five ways to well-being. Have a look at those and you, you will take each moment at a time. Don't even take it day by day. Take it moment by moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's a good way to look at it at the current um, moment, isn't it? Sort of thing. Um, so, just a couple of little questions. Put you on the spot. Um, what's something you're not very good at? Oh, I'm not very good at my time management. I tend <laughs> to uh, leave things right up until the last moment, <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I don't really. Re- See, time is the most important thing in the world. Yeah. I say to I used to say to my grandchildren when I could see them, well, I've not seen them for a, you know a while now. I used to say, "What's the most important thing in the world?" And a lot of people say money and this and that. And for me, it's time. You know, whatever's just gone, you can't get back. Yeah. Whatever's in the future, you've got no control over. It's all time and. Yeah, so I'm really bad at time management. Though I don't, re- I don't, I don't tend to respect time because I think some. So my wife will say we're going to be late, and I'll say no. Late is just a concept. Yeah, I'll get there when I get there. I'll get there in my own good time. Tony's so, time. Tony's <laughs> time. And um, last question, mate. If there's a book you could recommend to any any of the listeners, what would it be? And I know you're going to have loads of books on your mind there, so. Um, or an audio. i tell you what I really liked. Um, I like Evolve Your Mind by Joe Dispenza. That was the second book that I read. Oh, cool. And, and I must have read it maybe, or listened to it a dozen times. It's really good. It will uh, It will inspire you to do he he inspired me. He had a he had an accident. He got knocked off his bike. He broke lots and lots of bones in his back, and he was lying in bed crippled. And he just let his he, he just did everything natural, and and that's what happens. See, your body has a uh, an inbuilt mechanism whereby it will look after itself. So if you if you eat the right things, if you get the amount of, right amount of sleep, you don't have to worry about a lot yeah. of things here. Well, that, um, I'll, I'll link that in the um, description, mate, for anyone if they want to yeah, have a look at it. Good. Good. Yeah, well, um, thanks very much for coming on today and sharing your uh, story and experience with what, what you've been through. No worries. Uh, one thing that I did myself, so I stopped drinking 15 years ago. Yeah. I was, um, I was quite a heavy drinker. I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic, but I used to like a drink. And I no longer wake up in the morning worrying or ruminating about what I might have done yeah. in that altered state under drink. 
right? I know that people can control it, but I think what happened was because I was depressed and I, I just got into a downward spiral of drinking too much, and then I was on all the opiate drugs as well, and it was New Year's Day 2005. I was rolling around in agony. I was drinking Oromorph for the back pain, and I said, that's it, everything changes now. Um, so whilst I do occasionally have a Bailey's coffee, um, I've never succumbed my body to that experience of being out of control like I used to do. So, no, I respect me. Not had a drink for five years myself, so I'm, I'm same as you, mate. Not as, not as long, but yeah. Now, brilliant. Thanks for, for sharing your stories today, mate. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will take something from it. And uh, I appreciate the offer, Jay. It's been really yeah. good. Um, yeah, brilliant, mate. Meeting you has been an inspiration for me. It really has. How, how you get over your issues with OCD and anxiety um, because that's a hidden pain, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, if I'm limping, somebody can see I've got a back injury. If I'm moving my face, somebody can see I've got a problem in my face because I'm getting the shocks. But with mental, mental illnesses, we can't see it. And it's, it's really challenging. So you do an amazing job with your podcast, with all the other work that you do. You are an inspiration for somebody of your age. I wish I had that. Get <laughs> up and go. Uh, thanks, mate. And uh, you, likewise, are you. You know, me and the lads look up to you. So, yeah. Thank I you very much. All right, thank you. Tony. Cheers, mate.